Welcome to today's 10 with Ben podcast about real estate in the new world and what's really happening out there. Happy New Year, everyone. Time sure does fly when you're having fun, and it's crazy to think that we're already into the first week of February. Our world has changed. It's hard to believe two years later, we're still in the same position and dealing with COVID. There's a number of industries during the COVID pandemic that have really excelled. One of them being industrial real estate, which brings me to today's guest. I'm pleased to introduce you to our very own industrial market leader, Ronan. Welcome to the show, Ronan. Thanks for having me, Ben. Big fan of the podcast. Before we dive into the industrial market and everything you do, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you originally got into real estate and then taking it one step further, what you're doing right now for Bradford Allen. I'm originally from Roanoke, Virginia, and went to college in Ohio, Kenyon College, where I played tennis. I'm extremely fortunate to have an amazing family. I've got a super supportive wife, a extremely kind nine-year-old daughter, and a highly intelligent six-year-old son. I always wanted to be in commercial real estate. So I was lucky enough to get a job right out of college at CBRE as an industrial broker, where I specialized in leasing and tenant rep. Was there for about four years and then became one of the founding members of Lean Associates in Chicago, where I spent 13 years with my former partner and mentor, John Sharp. And the back half of that, I uh, worked as an investment broker for the industrial markets and the private capital investment group. So after that, I had my stint in commercial real estate tech, where I spent four years. I had my own commercial real estate tech startup. And then secondarily, I also worked at a VC-backed commercial real estate tech firm where I was recruited by Larry Elbaum, one of the co-founders of Bradford Allen. And he had me lead the industrial division. And I have two functions. Number one is to grow the brokerage division, which we have three great brokers and we're looking to increase that. And secondarily, source industrial acquisitions for the firm. Well, that's really great. You know, on the office side, you know, we've had a challenging couple of years, but we've persevered and have gotten some things done. And last year was a good year. Uh, on the industrial side, it's been a totally different animal. I mean, you guys have been so busy and the industrial market is so hot. Um, tell me just what's happening exactly out there. What's really fascinating is seeing the amount of demand that's come from COVID and all these different supply chain aspects of it all. We're seeing all-time low vacancy rates. I mean, to give you an idea of where we're at right now, we're at roughly about a 5.2 vacancy rate right wow. now for industrial. And to give you a frame of reference, in 2008, 2010, we're at 12%. So we've dropped 700 basis points from that point on. Also, rents. Rents are growing dramatically, 10% yeah. plus. I mean, I've never seen this. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I've really never seen anything like this before. So we're seeing rents go from $8 net to $10 net. You know, and that's in infill markets. I mean, it's really, really comes down to, you know, COVID was a very interesting thing that happened to the supply chain, right? You had essentially a lack of supply and huge demands. You know, the way the supply chain got disrupted, it's just, it's dramatic. And so for industrial, it was a, a big, big uh, uh, bellwether for the demand to increase and for all these yeah. magic things to happen. Well, how do you keep up? You know, I think overall you need to pivot slightly. You know, you really look at the way industrial is right now, and you'll see that 
you know, the classic ways. I mean, you just have to react to the environment. You know, space is literally coming off in months, mm-hmm. like one to three months. You know, and, and we have vacancy rates right now where, again, in O'Hare, it's close to three or four percent. Yeah. So stuff, product is moving fast. It's a totally different kind of uh, skill set. So typically for industrial real estate on the leasing side, you're looking at six to nine months to lease. You know, you, maybe when you have a 50,000 square foot tenant, you might have six to eight spaces that work. In this case, you might have one. Yeah. You might have two. New construction, it, it's amazing. You know, you're, you're pre-leasing these buildings, you know, and there's just amount of, the amount of demand that's happening on the new construction side, mm-hmm. just the amount of properties that are being built. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So. so you have a client, you know, you bring them out on a space tour and they like a space. I mean, you're telling them like, if you want it, like you've got to act as opposed to like, yeah, you know, there's going to be other spaces, other opportunities. You're saying like, you like it, we got to get it now. It is a fundamental shift, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's taking, and I'm really happy I have this adaptive mindset to yeah. where, what's going on right now. Cause two years ago it was essentially like, well, let's take a tour of 10 buildings, limit down to five. Yep. And we'll make offers on four of these, and hopefully we'll get to the one, and we'll negotiate against the landlord. We'll get as much free rent as possible. And that's changed. You know, you go to a building, and I'll be honest, I talked to a landlord, and within a day of it being on the market, within a month, he had six interested parties, of which case three are like, I'll take it right now. I'll take it for whatever the asset price is. And again, when we're seeing rental rates where they're at right now, where landlords and it's very interesting in this marketplace like no one is putting asking prices right the reason why is because rental rates we don't know where rental rates are going right now so we're seeing increases that again we've just unprecedented yeah so i think it goes back to the the lack of supply on the uh, lack of available space yeah so it's a huge having a huge dramatic shift on overall industrial real estate and Mm -hmm. demands out there i mean it really goes back to the supply chain right yeah so the pivots happened from, you know, pre-COVID, it was just in time was a big thing. So when, Ben, when you needed a toothbrush, essentially it was going, Amazon knew you were going to need, 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 need a toothbrush within a month of you. Before you, before you needed before it. Before you needed it. Yeah. Now algorithms out there saying, hey, Ben's going to need a uh, toothbrush a month before. Yeah. We're going to make that toothbrush in China, send it over on a, on a, on a cargo ship, and then it's going to get to Ben within, within, right as he needs it. But now, just in time, is pivoted based on the fact that people can't get supply or any goods. So now it's pivoted to a a just-in-case mentality. So there's a resiliency within it. So now what's happening is that instead of having that one toothbrush that's built just in time for you to need it, there's six toothbrushes floating around you, right? So that whenever you need it, when Amazon says you need it within an hour, it's there. Mm. And what's that cost? That's caused more of a demand for industrial real estate space. For storage. For storage. Yeah. To store those toothbrushes, and we're talking about any good right now, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of industrial real estate space. I mean, Prologis uh, is the largest REIT, and they're effectively, you know, their CEOs said, we're effectively out of space. I mean, these are unprecedented times. Yep. And then the other part that's happening that's very interesting is on the construction side. So because we need all this space, we're going to try and build new buildings. Yeah. One thing is infill, we're running out of land. That's just an inevitable, like O'Hare, West Cook North, um, North Cook areas. Yeah. We're running on land. So the other part is that supply chain is also affecting construction costs. So to build these buildings, two years ago, three years ago, it was 100 bucks a foot. Brand new construction, state of the art. Mm-hmm. 
infill. Now that building is costing 150, 160. Because getting the goods. Getting the goods, yeah. steel, sure. right? Steel, supplies, labor costs, those are all going up. So therefore, what's great for industrial real estate developers is that round rates are going up, cap rates are going down, meaning that assets are more valuable. And so it's saving a lot of people, I mean, you know, rising construction costs, but then you have asset values are going up and rents are going up. Yeah, well, that brings me to my next question. You know, I've been, we've been doing, we've both been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, as, as the world has changed, like if I had told you five, even five years ago that someone was going to buy an office complex and convert it into industrial, you'd look at me like I was crazy. Like yeah. I wouldn't even like you're in real estate and there's no way, yeah. but that's happening today. Yeah. It's the first time I've seen that. Yeah. I mean, is that, is that something you think is going to continue? I think so. I really, what it comes down to is what is the most income I can get out of that building? Mm -hmm. And what's happened is that industrial rents have grown from, again, from let's say 10 years ago, six, $7 net, now to $10 net plus. Mm -hmm. And so industrial rents are now becoming the highest and best use from an income perspective. Secondarily, you know, when you have an office tenant moving to an office building, let's just say it's a single story office building, right? Uh, you have leasing commissions, tenant improvements, all these other kind of larger improvements that have to happen with the building. But for industrial, it's four walls. We take rip out the office, you know, we put it in. As long as it has some modern characteristics, like you know, plus 20, 22, 24 foot clear, it can be an industrial building. Yeah. And typically, some of those buildings can be retrofitted with you know increasing the docks. You just have to think creatively. Right sure. Now. And but really, what it comes down to is the the amount of income that you can get off the property. Sure, sure. Now, is that another reason? I was going to ask you, yeah. you know, a difference between, you know, office leasing and industrial leasing mm -hmm. is that in, on the industrial side, you see a lot of users that want to purchase the buildings as yeah. opposed to lease it. Yeah. Everything you're telling me now about the rates and, you know, the use and all that, is that another reason why most, not most, but a lot of users will consider buying it? Because they're like, I don't want to pay the rent. Yeah. I'd rather, I'm going to occupy the whole building yeah. anyhow. I may as well just buy it. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about overall, we're talking about potentially increasing interest rates, but for the most part, a low interest rate environment. Yeah. But number one is that, you know, you talked to me three years ago, and I'd say the, the, the quickest answer is it's cheaper to buy an industrial, you know, to buy the building, the industrial building, right? Yeah. So, but cheaper, now, cheaper from an office, from buying a, even a single story office building. Sure. I mean, what, you know? 200 bucks a foot plus, right? Yep. Uh, industrial building, you know, maybe three years ago, 60, 70 bucks a foot, right? Yeah. So it's cheaper to buy in general. But that's changed now that construction costs are going up and asset values are going up. We're seeing now buildings going for 100 bucks a foot plus. Yeah, wow. For class B buildings. So that, that's no longer the case where it's just cheaper, right? Mm -hmm. What you're seeing overall for a lot of these users, though, is that there's a lot of things that are going on. So number one, from a manufacturing perspective, you know, they, you know, a lot of these guys are used to owning assets. They own the manufacturing uh, machines, they own the, the, the cranes, the yeah. racking. So from an asset level value versus a law firm who isn't used to necessarily owning assets in the sense of like they have mainly labor and construction and real estate costs, but most of these uh, industrial people, you know, warehouse users, yeah. you know, in fact, it sounds like a, like getting their hands dirty, right? Like yeah, that's just, the, that's just how they do it. Yeah. They're used yeah. to, they're also used to owning, owning asset. You also have SPA loans, yeah. which are available to make it easier for them to do. Uh, and also, and what people forget a lot of times is, is uh, real estate's just a small part of an industrial user's overall balance sheet. Yeah. 
Uh, you have labor costs and you have transportation costs. And those are all major factors within it all. And possibly, and, and you know better than I do, but from an office user, real estate could be a larger component of that overall balance sure, sheet. Sure. But for industrial users, it's 5% in some cases. So mm. it really, and so that's why they're willing to invest. But that being said, I'm going to pivot back to my conversation before. It's nowhere near impossible to find a permit buy right now. I mean, it's really, I mean, from a, a user I mean, perspective. In, in a market like Chicago or anywhere? In a market like Chicago, I'd say if you go to secondary markets and tertiary markets, you're probably going to have a better time yep. finding a, a, a vacant building or retrofitting a vacant building. Mm -hmm. But in Chicago, there's just nothing available, right? It's really so a user, which typically can be pay more for a building. Like whenever you look at a building two or three years ago, you said, oh, users will pay more for a building. Let's just say you're just going to pay 80 bucks a foot. An yep. investor will pay $60 a foot, $70 a foot, because they have to lease it. They have yep, to sure. do all stuff. It's shifted again. Based on low cap rates, based on the amount of investor demand from pension mm -hmm. fund real estate coming in, and the, the appetite for industrial real estate is dramatic. Yep. So therefore, now, investor demand is actually greater than some user demand as far as pricing levels. Yeah. So because of the shortage of product, I'm just curious, you know, whereas before you probably got started, I don't know, maybe it was six, 12 months ahead of time, mm -hmm. um, how far in advance does the user have to think about this? You know, a, a user is reacting right now. Industrial is, is, is the mindset is just being adaptive, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's a matter of, you know, I was talking to this one user who is in O'Hare market and they had, this is in September, October, and they had Christmas trees, right? And they're being delivered late. They're going to come in November way late. And a lot of them are just having to store more of these items in there and but essentially they're having to pivot based on whatever's happening in the supply chain the supply sure. chain is really really determining how people are using their warehouse so being adaptive is kind of the main word here and so i'll tell you this a lot of people a lot of users just don't know what's going to happen in the next six months right sure. from a distribution pers perspective so as a real estate professional and someone who's trying to advise clients on their industrial real estate you really just have to be there offer them information Offer, make them sure they're understanding what's going on in the market as far as rental rates and the lack of available space and help them react. But in some cases, they might not have the space to expand it. Mm -hmm. It's just the way the market is. But essentially, you know, they're trying to look at their supply chain on a constant basis, but it's really tough. It's really like, for instance, what's going on in China. Omicron's going through there right now and they have a zero tolerance. I wouldn't be shocked if we had the same supply chain issues, issues that we had initially. And again, they're going to have to pivot based on that. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, you know, could derail the industrial run? Uh, you know, it's, that's a great question. So as, as, as bullish as I sound for the, next, for the la next 12 to 24 months, again, all these perfect storm things are happening. Supply chain issues, right? Lack of, lack of supply of industrial real estate space, heavy demand. All these things are happening. But I'll tell you one thing that scares me is, let's say once those supply chain constraints are gone, and we're in this endemic phase of COVID versus pandemic, mm -hmm. and we have a normalization, there's gonna, the supply chain's gonna correct itself. And what'll happen is that developers may overbuild. Mm -hmm. And so let's say two, what I'm concerned about is in the next two to three years, we're gonna see all these projects that are in the queue right now. So a project typically for industrial real estate takes six to eight months to build yeah. in a normal market, and depending on the season in Chicago. But now it's taken 18 months, right? So all this stuff that's in the queue right now is not going to be delivered for a year and a half from now based on steel costs and all these other things that are coming over. You know? So all these other effects are happening. 
But essentially what's going to happen in two, three years is that all the, the spigots open and yeah. developers could overdevelop because again, interest rates are low historically and they're also mm-hmm. uh, industrial real estate's attractive even from a debt perspective. Yeah. So there's always available capital for industrial. And as we know, we've been doing this for 20 years and been through a few cycles, developers are always overbuilt until the music stops. Yeah. And so that's yep. what could change the vacancy rate. Yeah. Well, it seems like nothing's going to stop Amazon. It's like, you know, the Amazon oh, effect is everywhere. Huge, huge. You know, yeah. you could even, you know, you could drive two miles outside of Chicago and there's like a big Amazon warehouse, right? So they just, they, it seems like they're just going and going and going. Do you have a question though? Like, what's the next, what's the next big thing? You know, mm-hmm. you can think like, you know, Amazon, I mean, probably going back 20 years, I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, oh, there's going to be someone that comes in and revolutionizes, you know, purchasing on the web. What yeah. do you think the next big thing is for the industrial market that might, you know, they might just start building these gigantic warehouses yeah. to support it? Well, let me like touch really quickly on Amazon because it's, we can't understate the effect of Amazon yeah, yeah. on the industrial market. Yeah, thank you. So a- Amazon really quickly is... Part of the reason why we're having problems with construction and steel is Amazon. Amazon's brilliant. What they've done is they've actually constructed these industrial buildings like Lego sets. They're just buying massive, buying four contracts of industrial, uh, steel, all these other real estate uh, building blocks, and they're building Lego sets. They basically have four contracts on most of the steel that's out there. Oh, wow. So they're thinking ahead of time. So they were thinking so ahead. So they're right? way ahead of time. And, and they, they've created a system where they can just buy the steel and build these blocks. The steel is their toothbrush. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, so essentially, like, what's causing a lot of this escalation in steel prices, as an example, is that Amazon effect. Oh, interesting. So, and then also, you know, I think sometimes it's overstated in the sense of, like, how much demand they're really causing. But it's, it's substantial. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of real estate space in Chicago alone that Amazon's taken over. Yeah. So going back to your – so that can't be understated in the sense of that – the distribution e-commerce type thing has really changed the way that people view industrial real estate. Okay. Uh, secondarily, though, to kind of get back to your point, though, like what could change? You know, what I think in industrial, what's really going to be a game changer is automation. The reason why I say that is because labor is really hard to find. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine all these Amazon facilities. Imagine what they're doing. Over there. People are offering like all these huge incentives yeah. right, and bonuses and whatnot because labor is hard to find. And some of those Amazon jobs, candidly, are not jobs that people want to do. It's really hard. It's a big turnover. Yeah. And for instance, if you're in a cold storage warehouse, you're you're in a freezer, you don't want to be in a refrigerated environment your entire time. Yeah. So automation is going to be really what moves the needle, I think, in the future because it has to. Mm -hmm. Because we're in this very low employment environment and essentially we need automation to help supplement that. Sure. So That's that's really interesting and a good point. And I, I, I... I don't know enough about it, but it's uh, it, it's fascinating. It, yeah. It's fascinating. You're it, seeing like it, it sounds pretty cool, and yeah. you think about like robots, right? Yeah. <laughs> Building cars. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the whole technology aspect of all these algorithms yeah. are out there that are orienting using machine learning to orient the warehouse in the best manner possible. Yeah, they're using for, fully automated forklifts, so all that stuff is there. But you know, going back to the other part that we're, you know we're talking about is like that's going to be huge capital investment, right? So capital investment, and so what we've seen during this whole COVID environment, we had all these government programs and that have put in five, $5.3 trillion of, of spending in order for these businesses to, to, to flourish. Yep. So we have all this spending that's happening right now, and so they're investing in their businesses. They're investing in automation, investing in technology in yep. order to be better. No, so. that all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so you're pretty bullish on the market. Any parting thoughts on your expectations for the next couple of years? You know, I... 
as I think about that question, it's really just that I think there's opportunities out there in industrial real estate. You know, most people will say, I mean, it's really hard to find and invest in real estate, industrial real estate right now. Um, there's all-time low cap rates, you know, rental rates are going up, but I still think that there's opportunities. So for instance, you know, we're so focused a lot of times on lower cap rates and, and distribution type facilities and e-commerce type facilities, but I really do think there's an opportunity on the flexish type stuff where there's mm -hmm. heavier office, heavy power, manufacturing, um, and not all real estate is big box industry, right? If you look at O'Hare, a lot of them are gonna be buildings that are built in the 50s, the 80s, and they got heavy power and sure. accommodate a lot of different uses because, again, there's gonna be this, as I mentioned before, all this investment's happening into businesses right mm -hmm. now. And they're trying to uh, change and buy machinery that makes sense for them. So I think there's gonna be an opportunity on that side where, where there's gonna be more flexish type stuff. Manufacturing is gonna slightly come back, not totally, but you know it's gonna come back a little. Yep. So I think there's opportunities in that sense. So that's that's one thing that I, I really feel bullish about in yep. the sense of uh, opportunities in industrial real estate, which are slightly contrarian to where everyone else is, you know, buying four cap big box, yep. big portfolios. I think there's there's opportunities within that. So. Well, fantastic, yeah. and I'm sure that you and your team are really going to take advantage of. of these things. Yeah, the I'm really excited to have a, a great team. We're building the industrial brokerage team, you know, and uh, organically, and I'm really excited for my guys. I think there's a lot of opportunities, a good time to, to be in industrial real estate. Yeah, well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for Bradford Allen. And, you know, yeah. this has really been great. I really appreciate you being here today. Yeah, no, Ben, I, I appreciate you having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast and love what you're doing here. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. That does it for us today. As always, thanks for joining this week's 10 with Ben podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at Ben Azulay, B-A-Z-U-L-A-Y at BradfordAllen.com or by phone at 773-562-5263. Stay safe out there.